Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And doggone it, that is just so true. I am so full of Christmas, man. This is going to be more fun than a sack full of Christmas squirrels. There you go. Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander with you, Bunker de France with you, and Todd Roberts in Los Angeles with you. Who are you calling that? <laughs> anyway, welcome You'll to... You'll never catch an elevator with that voice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, I, I was going to ask you how you troll for alligators, but I can't. I, I can't. know how you troll for alligators. But you can't talk you take, about it. You take, you take the smallest dog in the neighborhood and you put it on the end of a line <laughs> and, and you let it go swimming. That's the uh, public, politically correct version. Well, you know, that... that David Letterman did a skit once uh, when he had his daytime show and, and before he went completely to the other side of the aisle. Uh, and he, Over the air. Yeah. He did uh, a segment about Yule dogs. And you have these little tiny dogs, you know, like Chihuahuas and, and Bichons and things like that. And you just... Bite-sized dogs. Yeah, bite-sized. You throw them on the fire to keep warm. <laughs> it was so... So terrible, but so funny. Uh, I could see, you know, we could start a business, bait dogs. Bait dogs. Get your, get your bait here. Right. <laughs> Anywho, this is our Christmas program for yeah. Christmas 2023. The three of us are going to sit here and... Uh, this be goofy or no? It's, it's, I don't know what it's going to be, but, you know, we, we don't prepare. <laughs> Except for Bunker. He's the only one who prepares for this. If you can call this being prepared. Well, all those <laughs> index cards out over the... Uh, he needs his oh, own I table. i got cards, i got notes, yeah. i got poems, i got clippings. But we're going to talk about what Cowboy Christmas is the, all about, and uh, you've got something there I first. Got, I, got, I got my tradition. This is my tradition, the, the birthdays. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, oh, on, yay. All right. on Christmas Eve, one. December 24th, 1745, Benjamin Rush was born. Now you're scratching your head and saying, oh, who the heck is Benjamin Rush and why is he important? Well, he was a doctor and a politician. And he signed a Declaration of Independence. That makes him important. That makes him important in my book. Now, born on Christmas Day in 1949 with Spissy, Spissy, Sissy Space. <laughs> I used to call her Sissy Space Chick. I, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, here's Russell True, our, our host. Russell, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Russell. Yeah, we're on the air. Russell was running away. I don't know. I guess we scared him. Okay. Uh, Russell, we haven't even started drinking yet. Yeah, he's gone. Why he, are he, you scared? Why are you scared? Come on. You're a grown man. He ran away. He ran away. Now, the day after Christmas, which is the 26th in 1646, Robert Bowling, now you're asking, why am I bringing up a 1646 guy? All right, Bunker, why are you bringing up a 1646 guy? Well, he was guy? an English settler in Virginia, and he married the granddaughter of Pocahontas. Well, then. That makes him kind of, I think that makes him a All right. And then the day after that, now this is a very important birth. Okay. On the 27th, Marlena Dietrich was Ooh. brought into this world. 
Yeah. And I like Marlene Dispy. And who does not? And if oh, you do well, not, well, you're not a man. Yeah. yeah. And going, going <laughs> back liked, a few days she liked, oh, oh, go, go ahead. What's she up? liked my father a lot. Oh, did she really? <laughs> oh, yeah. My dad, opened, my dad opened up the Riviera Hotel in 51 with her. Uh-huh. Uh, he was with the Dunhills, and she had her, her act, and they, the Dunhills were her opening act, and they also backed her up. Ah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, there is a photograph uh, somewhere of her uh, with her legs hmm. uh, crossed in a black and white photo. You can't see her face, but you see all her hair, and it's signed right, to Bobby. <laughs> uh with some type of yeah. sentiment. <laughs> I'm sure your mother... Every time I'd ask my dad... Yeah, well, I'd ask my dad about her, and he'd say, you know, Todd, <laughs> I thought you were a little bit smarter than how stupid you truly are. <laughs> and I bet your mom tossed that photo when she found it. <laughs> no, no, she kept the photo. Okay. But as she used to say to me, things like, you know, you're... Your your father, um, it's a miracle that I got him to stand still long enough to get married. Um, <laughs> well, okay, he was always on the run. <laughs> I want to go back a couple of days before <clears throat> Christmas because these are some birthdays I don't want to miss. All right. And it was December 21st, 1837, Joseph Cowboy McCoy. Now, again, you're going to say, who the hell is he and why are you bringing him up? Mm -hmm. Well, he was a 19th century, or, that, or as I like to say, 1800s entrepreneur, mm -hmm. known for promoting the transport of longhorn cattle from Texas to Eastwood Markets. All right. He basically, you know, worked out the system mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, on the 22nd, this is for you, Harry. Okay. Russell. You don't know him by that name. You know him by Red Steagle. Oh, yes. In 1938 was born. Mm. And then... In 1805, on the 23rd, Joseph Smith, the father of the Latter-day Saints, mm -hmm. he w he was brought into this world. All right. That brings us all the births that are worth birthing right now today. All right. So uh, we'll do the poem a little bit later. Oh, I yeah. Think. I was going to do that. So <clears throat> do some stuff in Cowboy Christmas. You look up Cowboy Christmas on, uh, on the Google or any of those other places. And one of the first things that uh, pops up is uh, Cowboy Christmas, the NFR experience. Um, <clears throat> it's a, a, a big-time show in Vegas. Uh, oh, yeah. 500,000 yeah. square feet of, of show floor and 350-plus exhibitors from across the states. Um, so <clears throat> bunches of goodies to buy there. As far as movies go, you don't see a whole lot. I mean, there is a, a movie that came... Um, that movie came out in 23 <laughs> called A Cowboy Christmas Movie. And um, <clears throat> let's see, that is, uh, the story goes, Ella Wade, an ambitious marketing executive at a leading firm in New York, is sent on her latest mm. assignment to a remote ranch in Canada, hoping to pitch her marketing plan to a high-profile CEO who's on vacation. And she arrives fully prepared for business, but ill-equipped for the countryside's grit and rustic charm. When she meets Cole Resor, the handsome small-town country-loving ranch owner, her ambitions slowly shift to the peace and love she was not expecting to find. Um, that was a TV movie, yeah. kind of like a Hallmark thingy. Yeah, okay. That happened to me once when I stuck my hat. <laughs> Head in my head, my my hand into a hat. 
Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to find. And, um, uh, you know, uh, somebody had left a present there that I won't discuss on the air. Already then. So, yeah. <laughs> but the point of the matter is that the, the Christmas movies now for uh, Cowboy Christmas, Western That's movies. That's big time. Yeah. but For Hallmark? Yeah. It is. It is. But, you know, there were bunches of them that happened long time ago. And Bunker has all that information. I do? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what well. the hell all those cards are all about. Okay, well, let's run into the cards here. Let's skip a couple that, are, that aren't old-timeies here. Well, go back to the, the silent there. Okay, that, that yeah, we'll had. start with that one here. This I got one here. It's called Santa Claus, or the ultimate title was The Visit from Santa. It was made uh, in 19, 1898 uh, in the U.K. It came out in uh, September, black and white, of course, silent and short. Uh, George Albert Smith Films, he was the fellow that uh, made it. He was the director, the producer. Sometimes he might have even been Santa, but not for sure. Uh, uh, His daughter was in it. She played the little girl. Uh, There was uh, a little boy named Harold Smith and Laura Berry, the nurse. But what's interesting about this movie is, uh, I'll give you the description. Brother and sister are sent to bed on Christmas Eve, and while they're sleeping, Santa comes down the chimney and fills their stocking with toys. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, IMBD said this was the first ever Christmas movie. It wasn't. There was a couple more before that. But it was the probably the first... Full length? Well, not no, full length, because... Feature. I, I, think, I think it ran about... Well, it ran 76 seconds. All right, well, a little almost. And a I saw it. The, yeah. the print is pristine. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think the reason they call it because it's like it's like the Great Train Robbery. Mm-hmm. It's got a it's got kind of a plot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the interesting things is that Smith, the producer director, was a stage musician, and he pioneered a process known as parallel action, which that's where we're not we we're so used to it, but that's where you see a, a picture within the picture. Ah, and okay. Santa Claus is up on the roof, getting going down the chimney. And the kids are getting into bed. Mm-hmm. And he's also considered by some the father of film editing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, just, it's kind of an important film. Most okay. of him, anyway. Yeah, no no question about that. Uh, but there are many, many others. Uh, and one that is uh, keeps sticking in my mind, and we've talked about this bunker before, um, Stubby Pringles Christmas. I oh, mean, yeah, that's I a think great that is TV pro- movie. It's most excellent, best. most excellent television movie. You can find it. Um, I think you can find it on the YouTube. Um, what's really interesting is the person who recorded it, um, the show was being aired on a television station in Hawaii. And because you can see down, they do a little crawl of the station ID in mm-hmm. Honolulu, I think. Swaying palms. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but that, that, you know, kind of interesting. You, you can't find another, I have yeah. not found another print. It is a wonderful, wonderful film. It was directed by Bert Brinkerhoff. Uh, Jack Schaefer, the guy that wrote Monty Walsh and Shade, mm-hmm. wrote the story. Uh, Bo Bridges played Stubby Pringle. Julie Harris was the, the school marmon there. Uh, Edward Benz was in there. Chill Wills was in it. Kim Hunter, Struther Martin. You know, that's a heck of a heck of a cast. And it's such a good movie. It, 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 I, I think it's a it, Christmas movie. I it think is, it personifies what yeah. it's all about. 
you know. And you know, it's funny because I've I've got a few people to to uh, by pushing it over the years. Just I just love the movie. I've gotten uh, kind of a little fan club, not you know, in the, they love the movie and they sh- they talk to people mm-hmm, about it. Mm-hmm. That that is so neat in itself. Have you seen it, Todd? I have not seen it, but it sounds like something that's right up my alley. Mm-hmm. I love it is. Cowboy I, you know, I love sweet cowboy movies. I love sweet Christmas movies. This combines both, and it's you know right up my alley. So, you know, if Noah said to me, "What do you want to do for Christmas?" I said, "I want to sit on the couch, have only the Christmas tree lights on, turn all the other lights off." She I said, "Excuse me." I said, oh, "Wait a minute! Don't don't go don't go there already." <laughs> uh, uh, we're gonna drink some eggnog, and we're gonna have Christmas music on in the background, and. Uh, drink eggnog with whatever bourbon rum whatever and we'll just listen to music and watch the Christmas tree yeah and she said boy you are really square and old old. you're old old I said yeah you're right you're right that's that's who I am that's what I want I want it real simple I don't need to go you know, out uh, uh, slamming, bumping, grinding, humping, or whatever oh, they do. No, no. You know, I can't stand it. Yeah. Plus that, it gives me a headache. Yeah. And um, plus that, I'm too cheap. <laughs> so, uh, you know, some seas candy, some eggnog, Christmas music, and Christmas lights. Do you have a fireplace? No. Uh, she has a fireplace no, in, yeah, in the house, in her house. Uh, That's where you're going to do she it. Has a, she has a... Well, she has a fire pit also outside, and she has one of those trees that's decorated with lights. So mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll find our spot and uh, enjoy each other's company. And, there you, uh, go. you know, yeah, yeah, real simple. I, you know, I don't, uh, when I, you know, I used to love to look at the Neiman, Neiman Marcus uh, Christmas catalog, mm-hmm. you know, and they'd have a $400,000 submarine. <laughs> or you know a twenty six thousand dollar bracelet. Oh, Neiman Marcus, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know I'd run over to Neiman Marcus and I'd buy that fudge from Jim Terry in in Neiman Marcus, and then that was that's all I needed. That's all I wanted. And yeah. uh, the simplest things are the best. And uh, you know I can't. I know I go on and on about it, but that's just because my mom decorated the house. Uh, from top to bottom, it was Santa's village. There were even Santa <laughs> towels in the guest bathroom. <laughs> she sounds and like my sister-in-law. Yeah, and there was even a dish of Christmas candies in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Ribbon candy? Yeah, uh, it was like hard sucker candy. Yeah, ribbon candy. And, yeah, and then, of course, there was... Uh, Huge bowls of seized candy bridge mix assorted around the house, mm-hmm. placed strategically. So, um, yeah, uh, for me, it's a great memory, and I, that's what I want. I you know, I've real got, simple. I got a new tradition for you, Todd, because it's it's kind of like that, but you can put your own touch on it. Is the German chocolate liquor little liquor bottles? You can put those out and. All your friends will come see you for sure. <laughs> over and over. Yeah. Oh, yeah, completely. My dad would always put those out, and then he'd say, well, what is this one? And my mom would say, don't worry, just put it in your mouth. 
And he said, yeah, but what is it? What's the, what is the flavor? What's the liquor? She'd say, don't worry, just peel it and put it in your mouth. You're a grown man. And then he'd put it in his mouth and he'd crunch it and he'd bite into it and the liquor would come out and he'd go, oh, oh, oh. I didn't realize you hated me. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take our first commercial break here on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts, we're streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. It's so Christmassy out here. Yes, we'll be back. Oh, Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away. It'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Sport? This is the sweetest setup I've ever had in my life. I'll loan her the money we get from selling her own cattle. When these suckers go broke fighting each other, you and I move in and take over most of the valley. (laughs) This is the Voices of the West. The stars are bright and the snow. On Emil Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you, and uh, some Bob Wills there. Yeah, that's good. Cowboy Christmas. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a movie that uh, has been done 
So, well, I don't know about how many, but a lot of times. Umpteen. Umpteen times, and um, I have seen most of the versions, except this one here that I have, we recently watched. Um, it's called Hell's Heroes, oh. and it's a uh, 19, 1929 American pre-code Western sound film. Ooh. And uh, it, it, yeah, it's one of the many screen adaptations of Peter B. Kind's 1913 novel, The Three Godfathers. Oh, that one! That one, oh, yes. Yeah. What was the name of that again? Uh, it is called Hell's Heroes. It stars Charles Bickford, Raymond Hatton, and Fred Kohler. Um, the great <clears throat> Charles Bickford. Yeah. My God, he's so good. Yeah. So he good. He's always good. Directed by William Wyler, and we know that name too. Uh, produced by Carl Amell. Uh, Junior of uh, uh, Universal Pictures. In fact, this was Universal's first movie that they took out of the the, the first on location uh, sound soundy uh, for speaking. Universal. Yeah, so <laughs> speaking. I do. The, I used to do this for a living, you know. Yeah, and what sure. a living it was. Well, anyway, I don't know how. Anywho, uh, the basic plot is these uh, three guys. Uh, rob the town and uh, the cashier is killed along with one of the other uh, partners there and uh, one of the others is uh, shot in the shoulder so the three outlaws do escape the posse fleeing into the desert however their horses run off in a sandstorm and they don't have much water left well they find a water hole but of course it's not only dry but uh, there's a pregnant woman stranded there. Dang. She gives birth to a boy, but before she dies from her ordeal, she makes the three child's godfathers and begs them to take him to his father, Frank Edwards, the cashier that they murdered. And so it is the story of these three individuals trying to cross the desert, and they all, they, spoiler alert, they all die. Um, and and it, it, the ending of it is uh, with, uh, um, I think it's Bickford, it is Bickford. It, who, who is the survivor. He gets the baby into the church while they're all doing uh, church Christmas uh, services. It's just a really, really cool movie, really good movie. I know there have been many adaptations of it, right here. but man, this one, this one is it. Well, you know... Uh, it was also done in 1919 uh, with Harry Carey called Marked Men. Yeah. It's from the yes. novel The Three Godfathers by Peter Kine. And uh, Jane Farrell McDonald, Joe Harris was in it. And it's, 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 not, it's the same story, but not told in the same way. Right, right. Uh, there's basically the same stuff, so I won't go. And, go and the, into the that. Three Godfathers with Wayne. And it is told a little bit different as and well. And also, this was directed by John Ford. Yeah. Which yeah. he repeated. Well, he directed it twice. Yeah. Yeah. He directed it twice. He loved the story. And yeah. of course, we can all see the overarching thematic uh, line here, which is that it's the three wise men mm-hmm. uh, of Jesus, mm-hmm. the, the, the baby Jesus on Christmas. Okay. And now. so on. And, and the gifts that they offer him, and in turn, he offers them back. 
And I don't want to correct you, but it was done three times by Ford. Mm. It was called oh. Three Bad Men in 1926 or 28. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, sure. Three Bad Men. With George O'Brien, mm-hmm. uh, J. Farrell McDonald, mm-hmm. and Tom mm-hmm. Sanchi. Uh, it, was, it, it did a great movie. It's in public domain, too, so if you got it, you can show it to anybody you want to. And, of course, The Three Godfathers. And then... What was it? Yeah, the thirty-six. That was the one in thirty-six is considered by a whole bunch of people as maybe the best. That's the one with Chester Morris, Louis Stone, Walter Brennan. Yeah, yeah but they probably haven't seen Hell's Heroes. <laughs> they haven't. Well, they probably haven't seen the others either. Well, what else is interesting about this movie? And and it's just so historical. Um, it's filmed in the real western town of Bodie, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, that they stood in for the fictional town of New Jerusalem. Um, unfortunately, Bodie burned down in 1932, and uh, that's too bad. It was a we, hot time in the old town tonight. I reckon so. But you well, know, that's what happens when you keep trying to light your cigars with bourbon. <laughs> Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. You drink too much <laughs> bourbon, you don't understand that the cigar is a flammable object. Oh, is that how it works? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, this, yeah. I, this sounds like the voice of experience to me. Well, there, back in my cowboy shooting days when I was shooting all the time, at night there was a fellow who'd come out, he'd change out of his cowboy outfit, and he'd put his frock coat on. You know, he looked like a, a, a wealthy businessman in town. Hmm. And he had a top hat. He had a top hat, and the top hat had a hat band on it, which had a uh, which had a oil lamp that burned continuously. Wow! And uh, uh, but it, it it didn't have a guard on it, so it was kind of stuck out off the bill, so it wouldn't burn his head, burn his hat, or get his head too hot. Oh, and people would say to him because everybody's drinking and. All, they're all thinking they're the the best comedians who ever lived, you mm, know. And of course. boy, you're a little bit of a hothead, <laughs> or or you know, boy, you drink too much that you need to you need to light your path, huh? <laughs> and he'd he'd eventually say, "No, this way I always have a way to light my cigar." Mm-hmm. And guys would walk up to him who knew him, <laughs> and they. They just walk right up to him and stick their cigar in the flame and light it. Puff, 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 and then walk away without not even say a word. And then people that didn't know him well were like, what the hell? Wow. One other thing about uh, Hell's Heroes from 1929, uh, the great John Huston had a bit part. Oh, cool. He should have. Yeah, Tom London's also in it. He plays the croupier. In, in the, Tom uh, the in the in bar, in, Tom London is in every doggone yeah. thing. Uh, it's almost like, uh, well, I call him TV Tom London. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like TV Tommy Ivo. Uh, but anywho, um, there are many other movies out there, of course, and I imagine you have another one to talk about. Well, okay, I was going to talk about Cowboy Timeline, but I'm going to I'm going to move over to Cowboy Christmas Radio. Hey, there's a yeah. good one. I'm going to start with All-Star Western Theater. They did an episode called A Western Nativity Story, and the original air date was December 20th in, in 1947. It was an anthology series. Uh, 
and I don't have too much to really to tell you about it. Terry O'Sullivan was the answer, uh, an, an answer, the announcer. <laughs> Boy, Christmas has got me talking like a dummy. Yeah, which is I think normal he's been anyway. in nipping. But this it. is interesting. These are the stars. You got an obviously a free case of eggnog. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, I bought a half gallon. That's it. That, okay. Okay, but John Smith was the star. Mm-hmm. Don Diamond was the star. And Jack Peruzzi, who I, I don't know who he, I don't know his story. He was in it. Now I want to move up to it. This is kind of neater, Do, neater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's been in the eggnog time. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a Doctor Six Gun, which was a good radio show. I remember listening to some of them. It was called A Phony for Christmas, and it had Carl Weber was the star. He was Doctor Six Gun. I won't go into the other people because they're all basically... Well, Tom Holland was a special guest star. But the story is Dr. Ray Mason, Mason, that's Weber. He's a frontier physician in a small 1870 town of Frenchman's Fort. Stories are told by a gruffy peddler uh, and and his talking raven. Mm -hmm. And as the name implies, Mason is equally at home with a gun or his medical bag. Or his talking raven. Yeah, the talking. <laughs> well, that's where you get the medical advice. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it, you know, many of these old radio shows are still available. Yeah. You can all fu- of these are that I've got. Yeah, you can find them uh, online. Um, I think just do a search for old time radio shows, and mm-hmm. they'll come up. And uh, I've got a bunch of them that uh, I'll probably be putting up on our radio channel. In fact, the easiest way to do it is to just. Enter the name, yeah, and then put uh, Christmas episode, yeah, yeah, and it'll give you if there's more than one, it'll give you a choice. Right. I have one here, and this is this is a radio episode of Gunsmoke that was also done later years later on TV. Mm-hmm. It's called Beaker's Barn. It was done in 1956, and let's see, we had William Conrad, who to me I, I think Arnest is is Matt Dillon. But Matt Dillon, in my head, still sounds like William Conrad. <laughs> and Parley Bear was Chester Proudfoot. Mm-hmm. He was a much better Chester than oh, yeah. Eber, anyway. Yeah. And uh, Georgia Ellis was Miss Kitty or Kitty Russell. Howard McNear. Barber on Andy Griffith. Was, uh, he was Dr. Charles Doc Adams. Uh, and in this particular episode, Ralph Moody was a special guest in Vic Perrin. Virginia Gregg, the wonderful oh, old man. gal. Virginia she works Gregg. so much. And in this episode, Matt is asked to help a couple that are staying uninvited at a ra- in a rancher's barn on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Couple having mm-hmm. about to give birth on Christmas Eve. Is hmm. there a parallel there? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Now this one's for you, Harry. All right. This is Hopalong Cassidy episode, the Santa Claus Rustlers. Ooh. What a cool name, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bill Boyd was, William Happy was played by Bill Boyd. Imagine that. Uh-huh. Andy Clyde played California Carson. Carlson. 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 And on this one, uh, Hoppy and California are on their way back to the Bar 20 after selling some cows. And on the way, they meet, they meet up with a ranching family that's being plagued by rustlers. Hmm. So, of course, they have to stay there and, and sort things out. Well, yeah. You know, every, everybody has a good, happy Christmas. And it's a, typical of all Western family Christmas movies. There's a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. In the family, of course. Now there's, of course, the classic uh, Melody Ranch Christmas special with Gene Autry. <laughs> yeah, that was done on December 24, 1941, right after the outbreak of World War uh, II. 
It was a 45-minute, it was an extended one, sponsored by Spearmint Chewing Gum, of course. And it was uh, Gene Autry, Lou Crosby, Johnny Bond, Carl Cartner, Case County Boys, and it, and it, created, it aired it from KNX Radio Playhouse in Hollywood. And I've heard over the years that one sometimes gets played. Yeah, you know yeah. it's kind of a kind of a recurring classic. And this is one I told you about mm-hmm. earlier, uh, the six shooter with Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. Jimmy St- Stewart, you know. <laughs> well, well that's, that was a it was a good radio show, and I, I like doing it. But, but but they canceled us. It broke my heart. Yeah, I didn't do another. Well, I didn't do another radio show for years. Yeah. But anyhow, uh, it uh, he plays Britt Ponsett, and I won't go. Oh, Howard McNear is back again. All right. He's played in Eaton Scrudge. He did so much radio. Oh, he was so much big radio. time in radio. Uh, Will Wright was in it. Eleanor Audley. Anybody else? Uh, anybody else? Uh, Barney Phelps was in there. Okay, the composer and conductor was Basil Adlam, but it's a Christmas Carol by Dickens retold with Western setting. Mm. It's a young boy. That's Beals. Is on a pitio ride. Pitio pit man. My tongue is crazy today. Yeah, try pitio. one of these. I need one of those to straighten me. Well, I think it's just, I'm so full of Christmas spirit, and it's those Christmas spirits that have got me drunk. Really. But anyhow, this this little boy rides into uh, Jimmy Stewart's camp, and he warms himself by the campfire, and he lets out the fact that he doesn't like Christmas. That's why he ran away from home. Mm. So uh, Jimmy starts to tell him the story of the Christmas Carol with, with with Westerners as, yeah. instead of the Dickens characters, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's a that, that's a I, I I remember that one. That was a good good fun, good Christmassy. Got warm up your heart, tongue you tie up, and, <laughs> and you couldn't speak English for a week. No, all right, we're going to do our next commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France and Todd Roberts, streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch on a couple of days before Christmas. It's the eve of Christmas Eve. They'll be back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away. It'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. If any of you fellas touch that wagon... You'll be looking for a new boss. Hold it, you fellas. 
You all better get off the street before someone else gets hurt. This is the Voices of the West. Back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. It is uh, our Cowboy Christmas program in 2023. They didn't do a Christmas uh, episode on Chaparral, did they? I don't. I can't remember. I, I, I know. I know the Thanksgiving one, which is turned into everybody's ten little Indians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway. Anywho, um, we've got more, much more to talk about here. Uh, what I, one of the things I do want to get to is how did they, how did the Cowboys spend Christmas while on the range? And you know, was it another day? Did they do anything spectacular? You no, know, I got a bunch of notes on that. I'm sure you do, but before you get to those, you've got your, you've got a poem there yes, that uh, we want you to read. I got a poem. It's called "The Cowboys' Christmas Ball" by Larry Chittenden. Uh, and the original Texas Cowboy Christmas Ball was held in 1885 at Anson, Texas, to honor area cowboys and their ladies, families, and whatnot. And it became a winter celebration. It, would, it continued for years. Uh, at one time, the, the hotel and bar where it was done burned down, and so it was discontinued, but they, they brought it back up. Uh, they're, they're still doing it today, and it includes traditional Western movie uh, music. Uh, they recite the poem. There's dancing, storytelling, goodies, and fellowship. The, 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 the poem itself was published in uh, June 19, 1890, in the Anson newspaper. And what they each year they have a fella is selected, and he sings. This has also been published as a song. There's several uh, copies out, different ones, but it's just it's considered one of the great Western classics and definitely a classic Christmas poem. And it's the Cowboys' Christmas Ball to the Ranchmen of Texas. Way out in Western Texas, where the Clear Fork's water flow, where the cattle are browsing and the Spanish ponies grow. Where the northers come a-whistling from beyond the northern neutral strip, and the prairie dogs are sneezing as if they had to grip. Where the coyotes come a-howling round the ranches after dark, and the mockingbirds are singing to the lovely meadowlark. Where the possum and the badger and the rattlesnakes abound, and the monster stars a-winking o'er a wilderness profound. Where lonesome tawny prairies melt into airy streams, where the double mountains slumber in heavenly kinds of dreams, where the antelope is grazing and the lonely plovers call, it was there that I attended the cowboy's Christmas ball. The town was Anson City, old Jones County seat, where they raised polled Angus cattle and waving whiskered wheat, where the air is soft and balmy and dry and full of health, and the prairie is exploding with agricultural wealth. Where they print the Texas Western that Heck McCain supplies with news and yarns and stories of most amazing size. Where Frank Smith pulls the badger on knowing tender feet and democracy's running triumph and mighty hard to beat. Where lives that, where lives that good old hunter 
John Millsap from Lamar, who used to be the sheriff back east in Paris, sir. Twas there, I say, at Anson, with the lovely winter wall, that I went to that reception, the Cowboys' Christmas ball. The boys had left the ranches and come to town in piles. The ladies, kind of scattered, had gathered in for miles. And yet the place was crowded, as I remember well. Got to, to got for the occasion at the Morning Star Hotel. The music was a fiddle and a lively tambourine, and a viol from came and boarded by the stage from Abilene. The room was togged out, gorgeous with mistletoes and shaw, and candles flickered frescoes around the airy walls. The women folk looked lovely, the cowboys looked kind of treed, till the leader commenced yelling, Whoa, fellers, let's stampede! And the music started sighing and a wailing through the hall as a kind of introduction to the cowboys' Christmas ball. Now, the leader was a fellow that came from Swenson's ranch. They called him Windy Billy from Little Dead Man's Branch. His rig was kinder careless, big spurs and high-heeled boots. He had the reputation that comes when fellers shoots. His voice was like a bugle upon the mountain's height. His feet were animated in a mighty moving sight. When he commenced to maul holler, Now fellers, snake your pen. Walk horn to all them heifers and rustle them like men. Salute your lovely critters, now swing them, let them go. Climb the grapevine, round them up, all hands do see do You mavericks line the roundup, just skip her waterfall. <laughs> it was getting happy, the cowboy's Christmas ball. The boys were tolerable skittish, the ladies powerful neat. The old brass vials music just got there with both feet. That wailing, whiskey, frisky fiddle I'll never forget. And Wendy kept a singing, I think I hear him yet. Oh, yes, Christmas, chase your squirrels and cut them to one side. Spur Treadwell to the center with Crossbeat Charlie's bride. Doc Hall's down the middle and twine the ladies' chain. Barn Andrews pin the villies in big T-diamonds trade. And pull your freight together. Now swallow fork and change. Big Boston lead the trail herd through little Pitchfork's range. Purr round ye gentle pussies. Now rope them, balance all. But it was getting active, the cowboy's Christmas ball. The dust was raising fast and furious. We all just galloped round till the scenery got so giddy that till bar dick was down. We buckled to our partners and told them to hold on, then shook our hoofs like lightning till the early morning dawn. Don't tell me about Totillions or Germans, no siree. That world in Anson City just takes the cake with me. I'm sick of lazy shuffling of them I've had my fill. Give me a frontier breakdown backed up by Windy Bill. McAllister ain't nowhere and Wendy leads the show. I've seen them both in harness, so I sort of ought to know. Oh, Bill, I shan't forget you. And I'll oftentimes recall that lively gated me the Cowboys Christmas Ball. That's it. Yeah. And here's a little... Bravo, bravo. That, that's incredible. And, you know, it's got... Because it's got those... Uh, Square dance calls in there. Uh-huh. That makes it hard to do. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I want to read some more about this here because I forgot I had this. The poem, the poem was published, like I said, June 19, 1890, by poet and ranchman Larry Chittenden in Anson, Texas, Western newspaper. 
Chinton came to Texas in 1883 to establish a ranch at the foot of uh, Skin Out Mountain. The annual Christmas dance at Anson Star Hotel burned down in 1890 and inspired his best-known poem. The ball was resumed in 1934. It was set to music and sung at Anson Ball in 1946 and is now a tradition to have a soloist sing the ballad before each ball. Really cool. Isn't that neat? Really, really cool. That's Todd, Todd, anything? Well, you know, I, as much as I have great heartfelt sentiment towards Christmas because of my mom and my dad and my family growing up and we had beautiful Christmases, I really don't think it's complete until I've heard at least once while under the influence of some type of alcohol, of uh, grandmother, grandma got run over by a reindeer. Uh, because, you know, I think the whole, it all, you know, you're listening to the song and it's a little bit of a journey. It's kind of a journey song. And you're on this journey and you're thinking, well, I mean, are you saying that Santa, Santa exists? Or are you saying, you know, and then finally at the oh, end, <laughs> the little boy, you know, it's, it's from the, the prerogative of the little boy. And he goes, uh, you know, there are those that might not, but <laughs> Grandpa and I believe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> so obviously Grandma's not going to be missed much <laughs> at that Christmas. Grandma got run over by yeah, Grandpa Grandma Christmas got run over by a reindeer. reindeer and, at Grandpa's you know, Christmas ball. <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, between Grandpa and I, there's a little bit of a home, maybe a lot of bit of well, winking going on. It, it, it goes on you know. in there, and it mentions the fact that Grandma had been nipping when she wasn't supposed yeah. to. And right. she finally, she decided to walk home, and they tried to talk her out of it, and she insisted yeah. that she do it because she was Grandma and she could do it. Well, basically, the, the celebration of Christmas on the range or at the ranch or in pioneer times is pretty much like it is today <laughs> without the immense commercialism. Um, yeah. And it was a, a time for feasting, families to feasting, be together. Togetherness. And, and by the way, you were not openly offended if you got a big lump of coal. Right. Because if you were in a place that was cold... You welcomed that lump of coal because you kept it. It kept you warm. You, you know what Italian kids get if they're bad at Christmas? English food. No, a, a gift card to Olive's Garden. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And let me just say this now. Uh, let me just say this. Say it. You know, I, 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 you know, I know that Scrooge and Christmas Carol, and we associate all great things in Christmas time with the English in general or the Germans. But, you know, I got to say, uh, and I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for this, but I think the Italians might have Christmas best. You know, seven different types of fishes, uh, oh, dishes at yeah. one table. Oh, my God. If you like you fish know. that much. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, excuse me. I'm showing up naked. I'm going to wear a bib. And I don't need any liquor. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Well, that's like Chinese food on Christmas. Well, nothing wrong with oh, that. Oh, well, now you're talking about dim sum. Yeah. And that's why I could live in China. Because <laughs> if you when, when I found out that dim sum was served for breakfast, 
I was like, are you kidding me? I start the day out this way? <laughs> you, you got out your passport. There you go. I, I don't need coffee. <laughs> I don't need it. Yeah. Well, I've got a bunch of cowboy Christmas traditions here. Okay. Well, let me just first tell you here. This is from Legends of America uh, that they write that Laura Ingalls Wilder wrote about the preparations for Christmas uh, on the Kansas Prairie. And she says that Ma was busy all day long cooking good things for Christmas. She baked salt-rising bread and engine bread, Swedish crackers, and a huge pan of baked beans with salt pork and molasses. Mm. She baked vinegar pies and dried apple pies and filled a big jar with cookies. Mm. And she let Laura and Mary lick the cake spoon. Ooh. That was Christmas. <laughs> that is nothing beats licking the spoon and the Running your finger in the mix. We got to take our last commercial break here. Oh, really? I know. <clears throat> the hour goes by quickly. Emil Franzi's Voices of the West with Alexander DeFrance and Robert Sweeby right back. Alexander DeFrance? Arizona, the <laughs> land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management where we manage money for gun owners. When people turn 50, something miraculous happens. They start to get serious about retirement planning. They've done very well so far and want to be certain they power into the retirement they've earned. Let me guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. 
Push It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Well, Doc, there must be somebody lying sick or bleeding around here. Well, now, if you just can't stand to see me getting a few minutes hard-earned rest, why don't you go out and shoot somebody? This is the Voices of the West. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. We are back all on Animal Frenzies, Voices of the West. We're all kind of, we're all kind of joining in with Gene there. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. Good stuff. You know, um, we're back on Animal Frenzies, Voices of the West. Uh, Streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. Just beautiful Christmassy White. Very, Ranch. very Christmassy. Christmas tree. You know. Fire in the fireplace. You know, the thing is, happy people all around. Christmas today is so doggone commercialized, right? This is what Christmas is about. This is, yeah, yeah. Uh, homemade gifts. You know, you might, girls might get a corn husk doll, a sachet, uh, carved wooden toys, pillows, pillows. Foot, to, footstools, embroidered hankies. Uh, you know, I once got a shovel. I once got a, a great Christmas gift. There, somebody threw a shovel at me. <laughs> they were a family member. Yeah, okay. And I had only said a few things that were semi-offensive. <laughs> There's no. It's not. It's really unfair to characterize it in a full-blown offensive way. Already, but then. I, I do want to say, um, for those of you who want to watch a Christmas movie that you've never heard of and you've never seen. Uh, I know it's not Western, but it is still one of my top five favorite Christmas movies of all time. Is Joya Noel, which is a European film. It is about the truce, uh, Christmas oh yes. truce uh -huh. on World War for World War One yeah. in 1914. Yeah, and it's a fabulous film, and it's how the French, the English, and the Germans. Uh, said we're not going to fight for one whole day. Yeah. We're going to call a truce, and we're going to experience each other in the holiday. And it was a moment of humanity yeah. that I find unparalleled. Yeah. Uh, I really do, and it's it's a beautiful moment. And uh, I just I, I know it sounds silly, but no. I just think it's a great. It has the true true meaning for yes, me at indeed. least. Well, of, you know, they, of what the holiday is about. Yeah, they sang they sang Christmas carols back and forth. Yeah, and they actually went out in in the, in, the in no man's land and played soccer. In, well, at I, a soccer yeah. match. At, yeah, right. back when war was fun. <laughs> yeah, in the trenches, that was yeah. fun. Now, I've, no, been, I've got a true. little piece of of history. This is kind of cool because Todd earlier mentioned coal. In 1909, Colorado <laughs> Madam Blanche Burton bought one ton of coal. For needy families at Christmas. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. 
See, it's yeah. not all. They're not all bad people. No. Yes. Yes. It's not all movies. Uh, it, it the last thing I want to say, and I'm not. I'm not trying to usurp you, my two good associates, my fellow uh, malcontent confederates, <laughs> but I'm going to say it nonetheless, and that is that I can't let the holiday go by without expressing my gratitude and my gratefulness to our founder, Emil Franzi, for creating this show and giving it to us as a gift, which we try to give back to the memory of him and to our listeners abound. Yeah. It keeps us out of the bars and the gutter. Well, for a while, anyway. Oh, hold on a second, Bunker. I'm not going to... I know it doesn't work for you I'm throwing the gauntlet down right now. I'm just telling you right now, Bunker, (laughs) if I can figure out a way to set up a recording studio radio show Uh in a bar, Uh even if it's in, uh, you know, La Puente or somewhere like that, (laughs) I'm doing the show from a bar. I'm going to do it from a bar. We did We did it from a bar. Yeah, yes, yeah we, we you, and I, you and I did, Todd, when we were at yeah. Joe Musso's. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, that, oh, yeah, that's, uh, thank you, thank you, Harry, very true, very true. And, you know, when when, yeah. when we left the Ash studio to come down here in between, we weren't sure, and we, Harry was thinking about just setting up in the gutter. Yeah, you know, but I couldn't find internet. Couldn't, he couldn't find a place <laughs> to plug in. <laughs> well, the good thing about a gutter, you know, uh, the good thing, as Dean Martin said, you know, at least I know where I am when I'm in the gutter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't know what your weather is like over there, Todd. Uh, this is Christmas. We've, we've got it's a little It's a little bit of a nip. It's really not, right. you know, people are running around in either, uh, in, in uh, uh, you know, jackets that would make an Eskimo warm. Uh-huh. Or they're in string bikinis. I like the ones wearing shorts and the big heavy parka. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you, uh, you know, I love the string bikini and the shearling boots, and they're on their phone. I know, yeah, right. They look like Charlie Walking their dog. And Bridget Bardot from the waist down with the legs. Oh, my yeah. God, it's like shopping at Walmart sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's no better time on a weekend than... Have one too many uh, old uh, pulls from the from the bottle, and go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because oh, yeah. that's a sideshow <laughs> that itself. really should be in the center ring. And thank God right they there. don't charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beautiful thing. All right, fellas, I think that kind of wraps us up for uh, okay. another a Christmas. Next time we get together on Amel Franzi's Voices of the West. Will be uh, on the 30th of December. Yeah. It is our Movie Saturday program. It will be our last program for 2023. Sad. We are doing, it's Movie Saturday, we are doing the top cavalry films. And the guy we've got coming on the show with us, the old trooper himself, Michael F. Blake. The man knows his stuff. He's got a couple of Facebook groups about. Uh, John Ford, the Cavalry Trilogy, Monument Valley, and God knows what else. He's he's forgot more about Ford than we'll ever know. Well, he's got a book coming out, too. uh, Another one, yeah. Yeah, about about that, and uh, waiting on on the copy to get into my mailbox. When the publisher releases it, it will be. He better. Uh, And uh, so uh, we'll be getting that, but uh, that's about it, I reckon. Sounds good to me. 
Very well, cool. let me just say this now. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is as lucky as me to know who and what and where my gifts are. Mm-hmm. And my gifts are Noah Carson, Harry Alexander, and Bunker to France. And I thank all of you. Ditto in Merry Christmas. Thank you, my Merry friend. Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes. We will talk oh, to you next time on Animal Friends. I I wish yes. everybody Feliz Navidad. There you go. I'm not wishing them fleas for Christmas. <laughs> oh, but you would, though. <laughs> I want Christmas enchiladas. Christmas enchiladas. Tamales. Yeah. Gringo. 78, 79. Adios and happy, merry, jolly Christmas, y'all. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.